you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. It is gumbo time once again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Gumbo Show. The only podcast hosted by the handsomest guys you've ever seen, but more importantly, the only podcast devoted solely to Louisiana's greatest food, and in fact, the entire world's greatest bowl, the bowl of gumbo. Joining you as always, the Batman and Robin of gumbo, me being Batman, that is, of course, I'm Feynman Roberts in Southeast Louisiana on the North Shore Lake Pontchartrain. Joining us as always from Northern Virginia, Robin, or as we like to call him, Dave Huguenot. What's up, Dave? Now, hold on a second. I would not have agreed to that analogy if I knew I was going to be Robin. That was, uh, that, that was not in the contract. What, what, did, you, what did you think was going to happen there? I mean, I'm, I'm obviously a Batman. Like, okay, I, all right. I've got well, way more of a Bruce Wayne look going on over here. <laughs> you do look more like Bruce Wayne. I look like the Penguin. So <laughs> we can't really... Your words not mine. You're 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 one of the most beautiful person that does a gumbo podcast I know of. You're 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 at least the third most. All right, welcome again to the Super Friends Gumbo Podcast with Batman, and then over there, uh, Aquaman. Dave, Dave Huguenel in Northern Virginia. How you doing tonight, Dave? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? That's great. Well, look, Dave, I got to tell you, we have a very special treat tonight, and we're, we're breaking one of our rules, but I'm going to get to that in just a second because we have a reason for breaking a rule. So tonight we are joined by Quincy Vidrine, who is an LSU Ag Center agent based at a research station in Winsboro, Louisiana. And right there, that ought to tell you what rule we're breaking. We're going north of Alexandria, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. We, we never let it be said that we're not afraid to venture out of our comfort zone. We're going into north Louisiana to talk to Quincy because... She's got a lot of interesting things to say about gumbo. She knows a lot. Quincy, thanks for joining the show. Thank you all for having me. I'm very excited because gumbo is absolutely my all-time favorite food since I was a little child. Well, well, preach it, sister. Before, <laughs> before we get to like some of the questions that we have for you and some of the special knowledge that you can you can share with us, tell us a little bit like people are going to ask, I feel like, why are you getting somebody from Winsboro? I mean, you work in Winsboro. You didn't tell us you're in Natchez. So technically you're not even in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> so we're, we're all over the map here, but tell us a little bit about your, like where you're from, where you grew up and how you were introduced to, to gumbo. Oh, I sure will do that. Um, Feynman, I'm absolutely the best person to go head to head, toe to toe with all of you more Cajuns that feel like oh. south of I-10 is the best gumbo or the best food. I have fought that fight my entire life and I'm ready for it tonight. Oh. So if y'all are Batman and Robin, the Joker is here. Oh no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I actually was born and raised in a Walls Parish mm. and a Walls Parish, um, if anybody wants to go there and tell them they're not Cajun enough or mm. they don't have Cajun food, by all means, be my guest. I guarantee you that some of the best food in the whole state. It comes out of a Willis Parish. Um, but I did start my career with the LSU Ag Center in Rapides Parish, where um, I lived in LeCount for a long time. 
And from there, from central Louisiana, you know, right in the middle of the state, I fought the good fight. We <laughs> absolutely have some of the best food. And it doesn't matter where you're located in Louisiana. We really do have some great cooks, some great food, some awesome chefs that I've been honored to work with over my career with the LSU mm -hmm. Ag Center and also work with um, in writing for Louisiana Kitchen and Culture um, out of New Orleans. But um, my love of gumbo started in my grandmother's kitchen, as I talked about in the article that uh, Todd Miller wrote for the Ag Center a while back. Mm -hmm. um, my mama Julia was um, an old Cajun cook. Her descendants go straight back to those that came over from Nova Scotia and walked the walk down from Canada and um, were exiled. So, um, just growing up with her and seeing how she would, you know, she would go out there, she would wring a chicken's neck, she cut it up, she put it in the pot. And I mean, in Avalos Parish, it was nothing. You'd have bones in your gumbo. The skin was in there. It's nothing like we're served in a restaurant now and probably not like a lot of us cook it at home. But even way, way back then, and I was in the 70s, I was learning to cook gumbo. Um, it all started with the root. So that was the very first lesson, the most important lesson. And over the years, gosh, I've, I've seen so many different types of roux and made so many different types. So there's all kinds of arguments that we could have about those things. But I think it's just great that we love gumbo. I, yeah, we agree. No, go ahead, Dave. Well, and I was, you know, and, and I think that's one thing that I think we've learned during the course of this show <clears throat> is that there are so many different right ways to do gumbo. There's definitely some wrong ways. Uh, and those are usually the ones that come from way outside of Louisiana, typically like, you know, my part of the country where I live now. Or Texas. Uh, or, or Texas occasionally. I mean, you know, it's like gumbo in an egg roll or something like that. Mm. Or like it was carrots in one, carrots and gumbo. Which are very, corn. Was, corn was an odd one. Corn. But, but I'm... But I'm curious, you know, what is, and what is your definition of like the perfect bowl of gumbo? First off, is it a chicken and sausage? Is it a seafood? You know, I kind of let me know, like, if you're cooking gumbo for yourself at home, you know, what what is kind of like the 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 foundation of it, if you will? I'm a traditional chicken and sausage girl. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I do love a good seafood gumbo, but at home, most of the time, I do cook chicken and sausage. Uh, Occasionally I'll throw in some okra. That's, you know, in a Vols Parish, we always had okra in our gumbo. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that's just indigenous to us. But to me, the perfect bowl of gumbo, it, it does have, I, I like a dark roux. I do. Um, I like a thick gumbo, um, a good taste of thyme, filet, um, and, you know, lots of cayenne, but not super, super spicy. Uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, off point when they think that in Louisiana, all of our stuff is just so hot, you can hardly stand it. I think you have the right touch of cayenne in there, maybe a little bit of pepper vinegar, some good white, medium to short grain rice in there. That's my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, see, we're we're both chicken and sausage. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a chicken and sausage. And I'm going to say... Listen, you you definitely represented Central Louisiana. We don't get a lot of Central Louisiana defenders on this show, uh, or in in my actual life, I don't get a lot of Central Louisiana <laughs> defenders. But but you definitely definitely uh, went for it. And I would say that I expected you to say chicken and sausage because Central Louisiana is a long way from the sea. 
it's it is but we got do to have access a little to a lot of great seafood we True. Really do. you got a lot of crawfish farming in that part of the state too. absolutely yeah Rapid yeah. parish of Wolves parish lots of crawfish well, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. We've talked about this before too. The uh, the idea that everything that's Cajun or Louisiana has to be spicy. You know, gumbo is something that I don't consider a a spicy dish. It's got a little bit of a little bit of heat maybe on the back end, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not you know one of those meals that you know I'm thinking okay, like I want to like you know clear my na- you know my nasal cavities on this one. You know, but, but but when you're outside of Louisiana, and again, you know, we talk about this a lot. I'm I'm all you know, I'm all the way up in northern Virginia. One of our other co-hosts is out in Texas. Whenever we go try to get gumbo where we live, it's it's like they're trying to put as much pepper in there because that's what they think Cajun is. It's like, yeah, you know, not all the time. Right. And you know, one of the challenges I think people outside of Louisiana have, um, I had this conversation this past weekend on it. This is way out of Louisiana, but with a friend of ours from Ecuador that absolutely loves gumbo. He's LSU alum and was in college with my husband years ago, but it's finding a really good sausage. Mm-hmm. And for me, if you're talking about the perfect bowl of gumbo, I like a good smoked green onion sausage, um, of pork, of course. Um, I, I do also like a little bit of tasso in my gumbo. That's that's uh, yes. uh, you know a good smoky flavor too, but not too 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 much. Tasso uh, was a tip given to us on one of our very early shows by Jonathan Perry, who's a uh, what did you say? Jonathan Perry is a a man about town in Kaplan, Louisiana, so in Southwest Louisiana. But he right. makes our co-host, who's not here tonight, Brent Jonathan Perry, makes the best gumbo, Brent has ever had. Um, the Tasso is great. I'm with you on the sausage. Um, I will give a shout out to Laplace's Andouille joints where they make a very, very smoky Andouille and it uh, it makes the gumbo just so much richer. richer. It gives you the, a nice little spice on the back end as Dave said. It's fantastic. You know, Feynman, I think we might've actually just solved a big Louisiana problem here. I feel like not, instead of an olive branch, we figured out like a Tasso branch between South Louisiana and Kaplan <laughs> and, uh, and North right. Louisiana. Well, so, you know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're bridge builders here at the gumbo show folks. Right. We're just trying to, trying to, you know, make the world sing together. And I love that y'all mentioned Kaplan because I did want to talk about this. You know, we're talking about, you know, finding good food, Cajun food and north of I-10 or north of Alexandria in central Louisiana. We have a fabulous place in Vidalia right across the river from me in Natchez and Concordia Parish where um, the owners are actually from New Iberia and Kaplan. And I am a very much a gumbo snob at restaurants. I rarely order gumbo. but I have to say, I did leave out of there one day with some complimentary gumbo because the owner was just like, come on, Quincy, you got to taste my gumbo, taste my gumbo. (laughs) I had actually gone to eat boiled crawfish. That gumbo was on point. It was that dark, dark, chocolatey Kaplan Roux. It had little pieces of Tasso in it. Hands down, one of the best restaurant gumbos I've ever had. So I have to say, if you're coming to North Louisiana, you still can find very good gumbo. And in Vidalia, a friend of mine has a great place. So Y'all just holler at me if you want to head out and try that. Yeah, well, I mean, the only problem is that Vidalia is not on the way to anywhere anywhere (laughs) else. It's on the way to Natchez. Well, I guess so. I (laughs) guess it is on the way to Natchez. So that's that's pretty great. And I imagine in Vidalia, you can get some delicious onions for -hmm. your Trinity, which it was an article about the Trinity that originally brought you to our our attention. 
Um, and this article kind of discussed why carrots aren't in the Trinity and bell peppers are. What do you, what's your take on, I mean, because carrots and bell peppers were both grown fairly abundantly, right, in Louisiana, um, I guess, through the, through the decades. So why, why do you think that um, bell pepper is part of the Trinity and a carrot is not, I'm very grateful, by the way, but a, a carrot is not. <laughs> I mean, we all love a good mirepoix in its place, you know, mm -hmm. right? Um, the carrots are just too sweet. Um, that would put a whole different spin on it. That's more of like, you know, your beef stew, things like that. Um, I've even, I've learned how to make a really great chicken and dumplings, which is traditionally not a South Louisiana staple, but um, a lady out of DeRitter, Louisiana taught me how to make chicken and dumplings using some finely diced carrots and celery. And I'm telling you, it's one of the best dishes uh, ever. But I think as Cajuns and Creole, you know, cooks, we just do what we do. The bell pepper was a much better fit. And we try with different things. I'm sure it evolved from one thing to the other over the years. But, um, you know, it's just like the Trinity is your onions, bell pepper, celery. Then we've added in garlic. Garlic is the Pope, right? So that's how we roll now. It's just a different <laughs> thing. But Mirepoix had its place first, I believe, in French cooking and such. Mm -hmm. And even Spanish uh, things had that. But I believe that the Trinity is ours. We own that. And bell pepper is not going to ever be replaced by carrots. And like I said in the article, carrots have their place mm -hmm. in our Louisiana cooking, but it's not in gumbo. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. You you did study with one of Louisiana's most famous chefs, uh, Chef John Foles, who's obviously uh, extremely well known. I believe he cooked on a Reagan Gorbachev summit mm -hmm. uh, back in the 80s, um, which I'm definitely old enough to remember that. So that's pretty cool. What what did you learn from him about gumbo? Well, or from him in general. You know, John, Chef Foles is he's a big promoter and a big advocate of the swamp floor pantry. He talks about you know which when you're thinking about why we use bell peppers, onion, celery, you know that stuff that was we were growing here. Um, you used what you had from him. Uh, I would say mostly I learned I learned more from the staff and the and the culinary experts on staff at Nichols State. Mm. My biggest takeaway from them was all the different types of gumbo. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the chefs, uh, Randolph Sheremy, one of a fabulous chef instructor at the university there, he started us off with I'd never seen gumbo done this way, but we put our onion, celery, bell pepper in the pot with a little bit of oil first, sauteed that down, sweated it. Then we added our flour in and browned it as a roux, put mm. a little bit of butter, browned it some more. I had never in my life seen gumbo started that way, mm -mm. but it was absolutely perfect. It was a good, deep caramel color. It wasn't the dark chocolatey color that some of us like, like out of Kaplan and New Iberia, but it was a fantastic gumbo. It's just a different way to make it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people that say, oh, you have to do it this way, have to do it that way. I believe though that crew of chefs that John Foles does handpick, you know, he, mm -hmm. he picks his instructors. Um, they taught me that versatility. It didn't have to be exactly like Mama Julia made it in the Boyle's Parish. Well, I think that actually brings, that ties me into a question that I had. Uh, and, and I should say, I'm a big fan of 
what I, what I think I'm going to sort of trademark is tasteful shortcuts when making a gumbo. You know, there's kind of things that you can do that make it a little bit easier, but don't necessarily take away from the flavor of the experience. And I saw, a, I believe it was a video that you did for the Ag Center. It was uh, making gumbo in a pressure cooker. Is that right? That's I've, that is the first time I have seen that technique before. And I'm kind of curious what kind of struck you to do that. And then too, like, what was, what was your takeaway from how it turned out? Well, at, I'll backtrack a little bit here because part of what I do for the LSU Ag Center, I, I am what used to be considered a home economist. So now we're called family and consumer science nutrition agents. But back in the day, we were called home economists. So people call our office when they see new things on the market or they have a question about food safety, nutrition, things like that. Um, so they started seeing these electric pressure cookers on, you know, the shop, home shopping channels and things like that. And so I kept getting these calls about them. So I started doing some research. Of course, I knew about the old school pressure cookers. I had seen, you know, those used back in the day. And I never was a real big fan of them. Mostly I was kind of scared of them, you know, because you right. hear these horror stories. But I did start looking into the electric pressure cookers and started playing around with some recipes. And I really, I think I have probably one of the most fun jobs in the world. It allows me to experiment and test things and do things that, you know, they're just fun to me. I love to cook and I love to play with different gadgets and things, but I'm not the kind of person, I don't like a whole bunch of stuff on my counters in my kitchen. So I wasn't really one that was going to go out and buy a pressure cooker or an air fryer or things like that. But when I start getting calls and questions, I have to look into it because that's what people expect. So I started playing around with it. I really liked the electric pressure cookers. And um, I started getting some questions from some of my clientele in Rapids Parish about, well, do you have a good gumbo recipe? So of course I'm like, no, not really, but I can, let me look something up. There were no gumbo recipes, none. I mean, people called some recipes gumbo, but we, to a whole other show, we could probably go into right. what they were calling gumbo for the uh, pressure cookers. But um so I developed that recipe just, you know, over time, it took me a couple of months to perfect it, but I'm telling you, it really is a great recipe. I have to say, um, and you know, I have a degree in culinary arts, but my graduate, my other graduate degree is in uh, home ec. So I've got the best of work, both worlds. I can tell you how to do everything from the very, very long, tedious way, or I can give you all the shortcuts. So I feel like that gumbo recipe was kind of a culmination of that. And it really is great. Now, when we put the video out and I started sharing things on Facebook and my colleagues did, of course, I got hammered with, this is not gumbo. You can't make gumbo like that. And I was well prepared for it. Like I said, I, you know, just like the more Cajun fight, I can stand up for myself. But I'm telling you, it really is a great recipe. Well, and I guess that kind of answers my question as I was just kind of curious, <clears throat> it was obviously kind of, you know, did that as a sort of a, you know, explanation of how you could, but now that you've done it, would you put it in the category of, hey, that was a fun science experiment that turned out okay, or is it a, you should definitely do this if you have a pressure cooker, like this is actually a really legitimate, great way to make gumbo. Like where, where is it in that spectrum? Oh, it's, it's the definite. You've got to do it. In fact, I've had people tell me that that's the only way we cook gumbo now. No kidding. I mean, God's honest truth. These are South Louisiana people. Let me add. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dave is, Dave is probably a, a pretty 
good audience for this because he already does his roux in a microwave. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's a great shortcut, and I've yet to burn a child with my roux. Like that is, okay. it is, it is okay. put away where it can't pop on them. So it's you haven't really had gumbo if you haven't burned your child with a roux. I was <laughs> I was looking at your your uh, pressure cooker gumbo recipe on the Ag Center website, and it does say one half cup roux. Or do you make your own roux for that, or do you use the store bought? I've done it both ways. Mm. I am not opposed to store bought roux. I mean, if God gave it to us for a reason, I feel like we <laughs> need to use it. Okay, uh, we've got to support those companies that Savoy's Richards. <laughs> Cindy's but almost famous. Yeah. Huh? Cindy's almost famous. She's local Slidell. She makes a, a store bought oh, okay. roux. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's funny. We've asked a lot of people that question, you know, some cooks and people who've made a lot of gumbo and and nobody has yet said, I refuse to use the store-bought roux. Like even Jonathan Perry was like, he said, I'll be honest with you, store-bought roux tastes pretty much as good as I can make. So And also for the record, this is probably what what episode are we on, famous? Is this like our thirteenth, fourteenth episode? Oh no, no, no. I think this is like our twentieth, twenty. Is it is there is there a twentieth? Okay, think, I lost yeah. I lost count. And this is so this is the twentieth time I think where you've tried to get a guest to rag on me for my microwave room. <laughs> so that I didn't miss it. And this is the twentieth time where I believe you have failed, sir. Yeah, well, oh. that it, it's true. It, it, nobody has has yet jumped on you for the microwave room, but I'm going to keep trying. Because, see, Quincy, in full disclosure, I don't really do my own ruse because I have a 12-year-old and I just make him do it. He's he's my roux chef. Awesome. So he stands <laughs> there and really then he gets he gets to eat some of the chicken and the sausage before it goes in the pot. So he gets a reward for it. But um, what other well, sort and of... For us, too, um, you know, we, we focus on healthier methods of cooking. Mm. So we have, like, a, years ago, I had to develop a heart-healthy gumbo. I mean, if that doesn't sound like an oxymoron, I don't know what is. And I see your eyebrow going way up there, Batman. Mm. But it is very good recipe. Um, but, you know, Holy it's the oil iron and fruit. You take your flour and you brown it in your cast iron skillet or your Dutch oven. Or you can put it in the oven and bake it at 425 degrees and just keep turning it. Um, so I've done the, I've made the pressure cooker gumbo with that oilless roux as well and you know mm -hmm. now you can buy those in the jar at mm -hmm. you know the grocery store too so if you want to make it a little healthier you can use that as well i don't want to make it any healthier <laughs> i just want to make it more delicious if i can well, i just want to throw that in there you know just a little <laughs> plug for the ag center and our nutrition programs yes. that is what we do we do try to focus on healthier things but we're realistic we cook for our families and we know we're going to eat what's good and we want it to be good and tasty so I'm, I'm on board with that too. Well, that that's great. Dave, uh, do you have any other uh, pressing questions? No, I think we've uh, we've covered everything that has to be covered. Uh, you failed at uh, getting someone to make fun of my microwave roux. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I just found another new shortcut that I'm very curious. And, and just to be clear, I'm assuming pressure cooker is is a shortcut, right? It does it, like, would it like actually like cuts down on the time that it takes to kind of get everything to sort of marry together. Absolutely. I'm yes. looking. I'm looking at the recipe. It looks. It looks relatively short. I mean, you're like three minutes for the first thing, then three to five minutes, one minute, and then 25 minutes for the high pressure cook. It, it does look. It does look pretty short. I'm, I might 
I might try it as well. I mean, that's a game changer for me because generally speaking, like my method of gumbo, even with the microwave roux, it's a long process because I'm rendering fat out of out of my out of my bacon and doing a few other things for all that sort of stuff. So it's like it's like I'm doing it like Saturday or Sunday morning for like something like later that night for dinner right. is kind of my process. So pressure cooker roux, or sorry, pressure cooker gumbo, that sounds like that's like a Tuesday night dinner. Like, <laughs> yes. right. like that's right. like that, like that's a that's a big deal over here. Well, I, yeah. I, you know, there's, but, you know, order. I did have a lady, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I did have uh, one lady call me and um, she just thought the gumbo recipe was great, but she said, but the rice didn't turn out good. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I said, no. The recipe didn't call for rice. She put it in the pressure cooker with she, the gumbo. You know, one pot meal, she took it too far <laughs> but, yeah you just dumped all the you know, stuff but in those there were the recipes on. i was finding on pinterest people right, were putting yeah. rice in the gumbo so anyway yeah. i just right. i was like well <laughs> yeah we, we don't have the technology to do that yet we can't cook the gumbo <laughs> and the rice at the same time that's you know version two of the whatever the newest pressure cooker coming right out. that's, that's right <laughs> well uh you know i think there's this old saying right it's not the journey it's not the destination it's the journey but i think with gumbo we can all actually agree it's actually the destination that <laughs> matters and so if you get there a little sooner there's nothing wrong with that there's no reason to tra- take a train from uh, New York to LA when a plane will get you there in a fifth of the time. So uh, Quincy, where can we follow your work? Where can we find you? You're you're obviously got some videos up. Where where would people look if they were gonna look for some of your recipes? Go to the lsuagcenter.com slash Franklin. And on that page, I have Quincy's recipe corner. And um, also just the lsuagcenter.com has a lot of our videos, which I'm in some of them, but also you know, we have other agents that put out really good videos as well. Right. Or you can do what I did. It's just Google Quincy Vadrine yeah. and it'll come right up. Vadrine spelled, obviously, if you're from Louisiana, V-I-D-R-I-N-E. Well, look, thank you uh, so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's been a real fun time having you on and uh, hopefully we can do it again in the future. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. I love talking food with you guys. And you didn't ask me about tomatoes. Thank you. We did, we did not. <laughs> we've asked we, knew, so many, we knew the answer. We did yeah, our research. We, we could see that one, uh, <laughs> yeah. that one coming. Well, look, um, as always, uh, thanks for joining us here on this episode of The Gumbo Show. Hit us up on our socials at Duh Gumbo Show on Instagram. at That's at D-A Gumbo Show on Twitter at Gumbo Show. And uh, our Facebook, we also have Facebook at you know, just search for The Gumbo Show and a website, gumboshow.us. And until next time uh, on The Gumbo Show, may your roos be dark and your bowls be full.